0: hi guys welcome to yet another episode of the Talkout. i'm always so excited to be here and share meaningful stuff that we can all take home and think of. so i'm here wishing everyone a great week ahead in an amazing month of september today we take on a very underrated topic which is mental wellness So we're looking at anxiety, depression mostly, and all other sicknesses that can be encountered in one way or another. It doesn't matter by who, it doesn't matter if it's us or our loved ones or someone we're really close to. So only recently, I started educating myself more on mental health issues and I found myself surprised by the way this is so serious. It also makes it worse that there is so much stigma around mental wellness and issues centered around religion and society and community at large. So joining me today in the Talk Hub is Jodi. Jodi is a host on the Mental Health Podcast from all the way in England and she's also a mental health activist. Hello Jodi. Hi Sophie, how are you? I'm great. How have you been?
1: Yeah, I've been good. Had a busy day at work.
0: I work in a hospital, so busy day. Oh, I've got a glass of gin ready for the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I should have gotten myself some gin too, but I'm drinking water sadly, so. Oh, well, that's yeah. Awesome, yeah. good. <laughs> Cheers, though. I know you're, you're not supposed to toast with water, but there's a toast to to our topic today. Okay, so Jodie, um, do you mind just introducing yourself and let us know who you are, what you're about, and yes, the likes.
1: Okay, so my name's Jodie, um, I'm a nurse assistant, I work in the local hospital, um, I'm a mom, okay. I've got a four-year-old daughter, I have a fiance, Lovely. married next year, um, and yeah, like you said, I've got a podcast called the Mental Health Podcast, which I started up probably about seven eight weeks ago now Uh, I've struggled quite a lot with mental health issues myself since I was a young age really so it's definitely something that I've wanted to do for a long time so I just had a what the hell
0: moment a few weeks back and just did it set it up Wow. Okay. Um, kudos to you for actually taking up time out of your busy schedule and your life. You know, you just mentioned that you have a fiance and you're getting married next year. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. And and, and taking time to actually um, sit down with other people and, and podcast and take mental health issues seriously because, believe it or not... Um, the fact that we come from different societies means that um, there are some societies that take it serious and then some societies that also are yet to learn more and be it in, in households amongst peers people don't really know the importance or the way it's serious to actually take mental health wellness as serious as you take taking a shower every day or eating a meal every day it's, it's that important right yeah exactly and it's really a pleasure to have you on board um jody i always say that your story is your voice and using it benefits the rest of the world thank you so much oh thank you thank you for having me on my pleasure um so um firstly can you just maybe Give me a brief on what was the main inspiration. You did say that you've also struggled with mental health issues since you are a young age. And what, what pushed me to talk about this was because I um I at some point also in my life struggled with anxiety and I started I... reading more more about it and it it, it made sense some of the things I used to feel. And when we talk about the stigma around, it also makes sense because not many people relate. And even if they do, so many of us stand in denial of how we feel and how we're supposed to, how we're allowed to feel what we feel. So my question to you is what was your main inspiration in starting this, this, this movement? And if you are comfortable to do so, just briefly share with me your story. Okay, so in regards to why I wanted
1: to start the podcast, I've been mm-hmm. thinking about it for a couple of months, but I've been, you know, a little nervous thinking, what would people at work think, you know, what would mm-hmm. my, my friends think, are they going to think, oh, that, that's really weird. Um, but unfortunately, um, a fellow nurse of mine um, committed suicide during oh, lockdown, no. um, and it really, really affected me and all of us at work. Uh, did, you that, say, did you say during
0: lockdown?
1: Yeah, with like COVID and things like that.
0: No, that's horrible. I'm so yeah. sorry about that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so it was just, it really rocked us all, um, as you can imagine. And that night at about 1am, I was like, you know what, F this. <laughs> I'm just going to mm. make it, because you know, maybe, you know, if she had something like this, or, you know, other people that are feeling low, if they have somewhere they can go to where you know someone's speaking so openly about things like it, it might just help people so I just did it and I've actually gotten so much nice support from my family and friends and people at work you know they listen to my podcast now so it's been it's been really good so that's definitely some advice you know that I give if anyone's thinking about starting
0: one just do it um yeah speak- wow, um I would like to add on what, what, when you said that I've also had a chance to listen to your podcast and I found myself so drawn into it because everything you've said is relatable. We all get to a point where we, we get to feel like I can't do this anymore. And we all know somebody who actually committed suicide, took their lives. And in some cases we don't know why, and it doesn't make sense to us, but there's always a reason in the roots leading to what happens right
1: yeah absolutely there's all I mean we have no idea that this girl was feeling like she did um Mm -hmm. and that makes it all the more you know more important to talk and be so open because you know if people are more open in saying I'm feeling like this then you're Mm -hmm. gonna get you know you're gonna get help um so Yeah, my story um, from when I was about 13, um, I was never, I didn't really feel like I fit in. I was always sort of not as loud as the others. Um, Mm. You know, I didn't want to talk about the sort of things that my girlfriends would want to talk about. Um, And I got diagnosed when I was about 18, 19 with bipolar. Okay. Well, some doctors don't think I have it. Some do. Um, (laughs) Some think it's just depression. Um, oh. So, I've struggled with that quite a lot um, in trying to sort of control my emotions and how I feel, because I can feel one thing one day and completely the other way the next day. Um, okay. And then when I had my daughter, I suffered for the first time with really, really bad social anxiety and postnatal oh. depression. Um, but I've been off from all my medication now for about two and a half years. I actually ended up getting therapy. Um, and that's completely changed my life so my mental health issues now are very much manageable um, and they just kind of poke through every now and again so for the most part I would say that I'm you know better.
0: Wow well, okay that's that's it's good that you found support you you realized what you were because you stepped out of the denial phase right? Yeah. Okay so absolutely I would like to know Jodi what are the main causes do you think there are any causes to me- mental health diso- disorders because when we say mental health disorders it's just an umbrella term we're looking at bipolar we're looking at anxiety we're looking at depression we're looking at like you, you've also mentioned um, the, 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 the depression that you get after, after giving birth what, what do you call that
1: postnatal depression I know some people call it
0: postpartum depression in other parts of the world as well yes and it's so real because it it does happen to people and people don't take those things seriously um in some societies you find um they just feel like oh you will be fine like when I mentioned religion as well you find other religions and other denominations that believe that oh okay you are suffering from anxiety you should pray about it you'll be fine or go Mm -hmm. meditate but it takes so much more than just that so um if you if do you know maybe of what um what the main causes of some of these mental health uh, um health disorders could be like apart from obviously uh post um the one that you mentioned after giving birth that obviously uh, has something to do with hormones and you know life changes and um, change of cycle, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, what are some of the causes of these disorders? So
1: it's quite complicated, really. It can vary so much. So, you know, it can be anything major. So anything that happens to someone that you think, wow, well, no wonder, you know, you've got mental health issues. So that can be like, you know, childhood abuse, neglect, um, mm-hmm and you know the loss of a, a really close loved one long-term health condition um mm. but for many people it's actually you know their lives seem perfect you know you, you see celebrities in their mansions and you know they've still got depression and they still look happy yeah so it's definitely some scientists think that it's a chemical imbalance um in the brain or mm. some type of brain injury can cause it but it's usually like a combination of those factors you know because some people with that go through childhood abuse and you know neglect they don't go on to have mental illnesses so I think it's quite a combination of different things
0: and 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 could childhood trauma or maybe any sort of trauma like maybe you mixed around with the wrong friends you mixed around with the wrong you were just in the wrong environment and it, it it caused it triggered you being with um, at a threat to maybe things like anxiety and depression, could that oh, also be a future factor?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, things like schizophrenia, that's mm. such an odd thing because that can be just age. I mean, you that can be lying dormant in your head for years. And then around the age of like 25, I believe, you could just wake mm. up and have schizophrenia. So it's quite scary. I mean, the mind is just incredible
0: it's incredible because um after doing a bit of research can you believe if i tell you that um there are some parts in the world where they where people suffer from things like schizophrenia and they believe things like um they were bewitched or they were jinxed or it was a curse that was placed upon them or their families looking at the fact that schizophrenia can be moved from one person it's hereditary basically
1: yeah it's it's so interesting how you know people in the past think thought of certain
0: disorders and you know they just lost yes that's 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 really amazing but okay so what would you say at what point does one then get to say i've been fine all my life i've been maybe in an, in, in an environment that influenced me to thinking that there is no such thing as anxiety or depression. And I wasn't aware of mental wellness. At what point then do I acknowledge because I'm, I'm under the impression that so many people are living with brokenness in terms of their mental health and they need help and it shows up, it manifests in, in situations where you least expect you know, like it just manifests where it's not supposed to. So at what point does one actually acknowledge that they need help? Because you find, Jodi, that in some cases around, even in the home, you could be surrounded with family that could tell you things like, you're always so sad. Do You always do this. Don't do this to yourself. But it's not a choice. And you find they say statements like, um, you know, you, you you you're you always doing this or why are you such a sissy you know because you you are trying to express your feelings and nobody understands so at what point do you acknowledge that you need help I think it's um again just so
1: complicated I think it's different for everyone I mean sometimes yeah. you know it can go on for years and years like in my case before I really you know realize that it was a problem Um, and it can take family trying to intervene and help you but unless you as an individual have gotten to rock bottom whatever that rock bottom may be and can see you've got a problem yourself then Mm -hmm. really be done like I I definitely believe that you have to go out and get that help yourself and come to that realization yourself because if people are saying to you you need help let's try and get your help You're never going to really, truly work on yourself unless you have come to that conclusion yourself. So you have to want to be helped. Yeah, 100%. It's like someone with, um, you know, addiction. People, Mm. even people's children are saying, you know, begging, please, you know, get help. But unless you want that for yourself, there's just there's just no way you, you, you're going to change you're never going to do it for somebody else because it's that it's that bad you know especially like addiction and things i mean for me it was actually someone really close to me telling me that something wasn't right with me and i'd actually mm. heard um have you heard of demi lovato the singer
0: yes i i she's one of my favorites
1: actually yeah it's amazing right well she had when mm-hmm. i was about eighteen, nineteen. I remember she had a breakdown and she actually hit one of her dancers on a tour or something. And she ended up getting diagnosed with bipolar and went to this treatment center. And mm. she came out after that and kind of spoke about her symptoms and came out publicly and said. And it was then when I thought, oh, hang on, what she's speaking about
0: literally sounds exactly like me. That- and I think it's a lot of people. A lot of people but because of the stigma around it no one is no one wants to come out clean yeah exactly wow okay so no you sorry carry <laughs> <laughs> okay so I was going to say it's a lot of people because um there are times where like I said for myself I I I battle sometimes with anxiety, and it looks a whole lot more like um, staying locked up, not wanting to talk, not wanting to be around people, and getting to a point where I'm not really able to explain myself because it comes across as if I have issues or I just don't like people. Yeah. Yeah. And like like you said earlier, it comes. It gets to a point where you have to get to that place where you are tired of feeling a certain way, and you start, and you start taking the necessary steps. If it's therapy, you go for therapy. If it's signing up for things for support groups, you do that. But I honestly am at a stage where I believe that every single person has to at some point in their life or if not a daily routine like how we have to go to the gym I think it's also necessary for people to occasionally go for therapy yeah definitely I mean since I've started
1: therapy a couple of years back I know mm-hmm. now something happens in my life where I start to feel down again or you know something major mm-hmm. happens that I think you know I might not be able to cope with this in the best way therapy I'm just going to go straight back to my therapy.
0: Hmm. and and because you know things happen in life no one is made of steel or batman or you know yeah exactly. things happen and 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 our subconscious sometimes takes things but like i said it manifests as time goes on and that that thing that happened to you when you were 12 years old it shows up when you are 35 and you, because you didn't deal with it, it's, it's going to come in as anxiety or depression, or it's it's just going to come through. So it may not get as worse as um, bipolar or schizophrenia or whatever, but I think, I think therapy really is necessary. So if you can, please tell us more about um, finding the right therapy therapist rather and how you get to how do you, how do you get to choose who you're comfortable with I think it's just a feeling really I mean
1: I had two um times at therapy before I found that really fitted with me um and I think yeah it's just a feeling I mean if you're sat there and you aren't getting along with this person you're you're not feeling comfortable, then it's not going to work for you. You need to feel like you can just open up to this person. I mean, you know, with my the third therapist, the one that I, you know, saw a couple of years back, mm. I just felt like this complete stranger I, that I could just tell her absolutely anything, things that I hadn't even told, you know, my mom or my partner. And I think that's mm. the therapist that you need, and that's when you'll know, you know, when you don't, you know if you're sat down for therapy you don't want to be hiding things and not saying things because you're not going to get the help you need you know you need to be saying everything so
0: yeah i think it's a feeling okay so you always know that this person is safe enough yeah definitely okay so um dealing with with um with with um the kind of things that you've dealt with in your life up to this point. Um, Can you tell me more about the stigma that you faced, the stigma that came with it and how you actually got to a point of saying, you know what, whatever, because so many people out there feeling pushed down and unable to speak up because of stigma. How, How did you survive that? How can one survive that?
1: I think it's like doing things like what we're doing now. You know, everyone says talk about it, talk about it. But it is it is what you need to do, you know, because if you talk about it, say mm. you're feeling um, really anxious, so, you you know, you, you're not feeling up for going out to the bar with your friends. You know, people lie, don't they? Say, oh, you know, something's come up or I can't go because of this. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just say... I feel so anxious, I just want to have a bath, and I want to, you know, snuggle in bed, I can't cope, I can't see any of you, you know, because then your friends are going to know that you're not feeling great, so maybe, you know, they'll surprise you with something the next day, or, you know, they'll be a bit gentler with you, you know, I just think that helps such a lot in ending the stigma, because then, you know, maybe your friends didn't know about anxiety, and then they'll ask questions about it, oh, well, how come, you know, you feel that way, or, you know, I think one of the main things—the stigma—is like people think you're attention-seeking. Exactly, uh, yeah, or that you're too soft. Yeah, or well, that you're too soft. So if you say, "Well, no, I, I'm, I'm coming across soft because this, this, and this educates
0: people." Mm-hmm. Okay, Now, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So a matter of just communicating it and wanting to be fine enough to not care what anyone is going to say.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it takes time, but yeah, I'm definitely there now. Like I say to my friends, I'm like, no, I'm really depressed today. I literally don't want to deal with this day. I'll be fine tomorrow, but I just need to ride mm-hmm. in, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and it, it's, it feels so good when you're around people that understand you so but like sometimes you know it it, com- it comes off as a bit cold when you when you communicate how you feel and people don't say anything are they supposed to say anything or just to listen is good enough
1: yeah to listen is good enough definitely you, you know if you're feeling horrible all you want is to just be heard isn't it really i mean anxiety mm. depression there's nothing that anyone can say that's going to make you feel better you know if you, True. If you- So if you feel fat, you feel useless, someone saying to you, you're not useless. You're not fat. You literally want to punch them in the face. (laughs) Because you're so
0: convinced. Yeah.
1: Right. Nothing's going to convince you. So just that person giving you a a hug and just saying, look, you're feeling like this. I know that there's nothing I can say that's going to make you feel better. But just know I'm here for you. You know, I'm going to go home. I'll come and see you tomorrow. You
0: know, just that is everything that you need. True. Okay, so um, how would you, if, say, you as a mental health activist, right, how would you suggest we work on maintaining healthy mental states and with those, think about how, think about being in a place where people actually don't know, they don't know, and um, they don't know about mental health issues some if not most of them are actually struggling with mental health issues in societies and communities but it's they're illiterate about it how how would we as people who are trying to put it out there how best can we put it across or how would you work on maintain how do you how would you advise somebody to work on maintaining their their mental health state i think
1: it's about being um selfish in a good way you know people say practice self-love practice self-care but they don't Uh say you know how to do that and yes it's you know going for a bath and you know um Mm. buying yourself some chocolate after a long day but it's also things like like I just said you know saying no to hanging out with friends if you don't feel up for it saying no to overtime at work because you've already done overtime that month and you you need a day Mm. to watch Netflix it's things like that, you know, you really need to, no one else is going to be with you through thick and thin but yourself, you need to have respect for yourself, you know, get up even though you feel like rubbish, get dressed, brush your teeth, Mm. shower, you know, you'll be less likely to fall into really bad habits and bad mental health if you're looking after yourself, surround yourself with positive people positivity get rid of all those negative people who don't support you you know I, I did mm. that my circle now it's so so small but I'm so much more happier because I don't have to deal with other people's drama and negativity mm. it just does really help and like we were just talking about get therapy you know if you can afford it just try it you know or go to the doctors um because I mean I had to get my parents to pay for my therapy okay
0: because because in some cases also they don't sorry to cut you off um i I just was going to add that in some places in most cases um that you find people don't afford therapy no no
1: so it's um it is hard enough i mean i don't know about where you are but in england we have something called the nhs so all like doctors and therapy and stuff like that is all free mm-hmm. we pay with it with our taxes so we're quite lucky in that sense um the do- the therapists that I got through the NHS the free ones were absolutely rubbish I had to pay privately <laughs> <laughs> I went and paid privately for a therapist because I just knew that you know maybe they'd be a bit better <laughs> or you know, yes. the right thing but also I think it's helping others as well so you know ask people if they're okay and actually mean it you know when you ask it look out for people when you know you're at work are they looking a bit stressed can you ask them if they want to join you for a coffee after work or something you know you mm-hmm. don't know how much that that's going to mean to someone who's maybe lonely or going through a really rough time and I think that you know nothing bad can come from can come from that
0: is yes, I think I, I get what you mean just practicing kindness you know, just yeah. to be a kind and nice person, not only to other people, not only just to smile at a stranger or give someone a hug, but to yourself as well. Because I think the worst part, I, I have um, a very close friend of mine who also has um, has been battling with anxiety and depression. And we have a lot of chats in between. And she always mentions that um every time she sits down to journal her day she she realizes that she has been such a good person to everybody else but herself and that's that's where self love like you said being selfish um comes in you know just to 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 find to to find time to validate yourself you know when there isn't anyone else to do it because we can get we as people can get really 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 hard on ourselves, like we, we set this bar that is not even that's not even achievable, you know, like the standards we set to achieve what we need to achieve. We're super hard on ourselves, and it's okay to make mistakes, you know, to forgive ourselves as well is part of the deal. Because I think some of them, the the issues that we face mentally comes from the guilt the 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 inability to forgive ourselves for the slight mistakes that we've made in life what do you think
1: yeah absolutely
0: that's just
1: (laughs) yeah when you said that I was like wow that's so so (laughs) that's so easy for people that do live with depression especially you feel so rubbish all day every day about yourself you don't Mm. want anybody else to feel that so you're so kind to other people and you you want people to feel great because you just you know what that feels like and so yeah I think for that reason especially you know it is easy to look after people a lot more than than you look after yourself but I think it's good to be kind to others and look after other people because that makes you feel good as well that makes you feel like you know there's a there's a point to you being here and you're giving love to the world and you're putting it out there. Uh-huh. but yeah there has to be a
0: balance for sure you have to be looking after yourself as well definitely everything is about balance and I think also something I've realized is sometimes doing the little things like taking um nature walks and, and yeah. like you said, spoiling yourself or figuring out that today is a Netflix and chocolate day if that's <laughs> what you need to do then you need to do that because the world can get really loud and you can only take so much
1: Yeah, definitely, that's uh, so true, it's, you know, saying no, I'm not going to fill my week up, I'm going to leave just one day where I can just sit and watch Netflix I don't have to speak to anyone, I don't have any appointments I can just do what I want to do.
0: Mm. Okay so um, when, whilst I was listening to your podcast or whilst I was on your page on Instagram I noticed that you also had a um, an episode or you had something that touched on coping mechanisms so you find that in a a very stressful world the only way sometimes to reduce stress or feeling anxious about this or that is to find a coping mechanism now um i always say uh, i used to be um a smoker so i found that smoking Mm -hmm. really 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 helped (laughs) you know like it really helped like I would get home after a long and crappy day from work and I would just feel like, okay, you know, I'm going to put in my earphones. I'm going to put a, put a drink for myself. And then I I had this cozy corner that had like flowers all around and I would just sit and enjoy a cigarette. And it helped me. It really helped me feel good. Now I, I, luckily got to a point where I figured that this is not a healthy coping mechanism because obviously my lungs need to be healthy. I need to take care of myself more. So what can you, how can you advise on healthy coping mechanisms in terms of, well, we've already talked about being selfish and, and, and succumbing to not being able to, learning to say no. But um, in terms of being in the midst of feeling anxious and depressed, what are some of the things that you can do to maybe make yourself feel better besides therapy and yeah?
1: Um, I mean, I'm no expert at that. All I can say is from myself. So for me, my coping mechanism mm-hmm. has definitely been um, binge eating. Um, I'm actually planning <laughs> on doing so soon about food addiction because I do. I've had therapy about that because I'm I am addicted to food. I can't stop. I because in my lowest time. That's that's what made me feel better. I would just eat and eat and eat.
0: And I think all of us hey, I'm also such a foodie. Like I'm always in the kitchen <laughs> fixing something to eat. But go on. That's quite yeah. interesting. And, that's,
1: and it's, that's really great. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, <like> it's got <laughs> so out of control for me that I put on four stone after having my little girl four years ago. And mm-hmm. I've got to point now because I'm getting married next year. You know, I... I don't want to look back at my photos because I look in the mirror like <laughs> not me. I'm in someone else's body. I don't want to do this to myself. So I'm kind of in the midst at the moment of trying to stop eating as my coping mechanism and swapping that for running. Okay. Um, so it's,
0: it's hard, obviously,
1: because <laughs> I'm so unfit. No, it's never easy. No. It's
0: never easy to, to replace an addiction with something else.
1: No but I just find that you know doing the running I'm thinking right you know I'm swapping my binge eating for something that's actually going to help me and make me feel good it's never a nice feeling you know before you go on a run to try and do it and find that motivation but afterwards Um, you, you feel so good that you've done something and I'm hoping that you know if I keep running and then eventually start to feel good because I can run farther and I can run better without getting out of breath that's going to become an addiction for me because it does release my anger when I'm doing it
0: it It does and you feel better
1: yeah you feel better so then I'm not going to want to eat chocolate because then I'm not going to be able to run as hard you know the next day so that's sort of what I'm learning at the moment
0: Oh, that's, that's that's really good. At least you are intentionally trying to replace your old addiction with the healthy one, which yeah. takes time really It does for all of us because you have to want to get better, like you said earlier.
1: Yeah, it's a process because I, I think the thing is as well is not to think, oh, I'm back to square one, you know, because I'll start running, you know, three times a week for about four weeks. And then mm-hmm. I'll I'll binge eat some chocolate for like four days and I haven't gone on a run in four days. And it <laughs> feels so rubbish, yourself, but you, you can't say, Oh, I'm back to square one, look, I've just eaten. Don't be hard on yourself. Say no, that was just one little setback. I'm back on it mm-hmm. again tomorrow. You know, just keep it's calm- not
0: back to square one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a process. Oh. Yes, true. It's a process. So um, being easy on yourself and acknowledging the small steps that you've made towards the positive road. I get it. Okay. So, Jodi, you did mention, I'm very curious about, there's one more subject I'd want us to touch on, mainly because um, it may not be everybody who can relate to anxiety, depression, bipolar, you get, you get a a large population that actually has never dealt with that, but things like postnatal depression is something that can happen to anyone. I'd like you to just maybe touch on that um, on, on the experience on how that was for you and what, how, how, what helped you to, to, get out of that because i understand just after giving birth especially to your first child it can really really mess with your head it can the hormones are raging and your life your sleeping cycle changes and you feel like people around don't understand you let's just talk briefly about that and how best women that go through such a tough time can be helped
1: yeah so for me um you know when i i I was going through a really bad time anyway um you know around the time when I had my daughter so the likelihood of me feeling like this was quite quite high anyway <laughs> looking back <laughs> um but yes yeah, you know people was like my mom they were saying the oh, baby blues you know like you'll be fine in a couple of weeks a couple of days mm. but it just wasn't going away Um I just I didn't want to be a mum I didn't know how to make her bottles my mom ma- I remember my mom had to put on the fridge like how to you know when to feed my daughter what to do because I just I didn't have the motivation for it I was angry all the time if if my daughter cried mm. like oh my god like why is she crying like I don't know what I'm doing and I was quite
0: <laughs> yeah happy.
1: Um. so I knew something wasn't right so I actually I don't know what it's like in your country but here we have midwives and health visitors come in to see you quite regularly when you first have a baby
0: okay over here we normally have um you normally just go to your to your mom's house or maybe relatives that have had it's a cultural process where you go to for about three months they help you they help you out but obviously because um we're still learning about these these things about like um, mental health issues after after giving birth. So it's it's not something that most people would be able to relate with, even if they're going through it, because you find that people around them would probably be like, "Ah, no, this is your child. You will take care of it," and not giving you the break or the love that you need during that time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's an amazing idea. What what you guys do having you know going to your parents house or something for a few months I mean I would have loved that <laughs> have loved it. Um, but yeah right, I told my midwife uh, because they checked because mm-hmm. I'd been through depression before they were quite keeping a close eye on me anyway and um, so I told them mm-hmm. how and they told me yeah that's definitely postnatal depression I mean my anxiety as well was so heightened I mean even just walking down the stairs with my daughter in my arms like this newborn I would envision her envision myself like dropping her and I would just really vividly like see it it was so graphic wow. you know, blood everywhere mm. this and, the, and I haven't dropped her at all and I wouldn't drop her obviously but it's like <laughs> yeah. it's that anxiety and that like can I really look after this new baby and you see every potential danger you don't want to leave the house it, it's really debilitating mm but once i got help for it and knew that it was normal i, I was sort of more easy on myself then because i thought well no it's not that i'm a bad mom it's not that i don't love my daughter i do i would never do anything to harm her but it's just mm-hmm. my hormones it's just depression it's not the fact that i hate my daughter you know and when my daughter was about 6 months old started sitting up and smiling and crawling i definitely become yeah. too- <laughs> engage with her and get a bond with her and it sort of faded out over time really
0: oh wow you know I like I, I really like that you have you've put it out there in such a clear way what most of us try to hide like yeah. um bet there are many people who envision such horrible things but they would never say it because the moment you say it you come across as if you're crazy or you're psycho or of this like so many of us go through these things but we're unable to talk about it because of the labels that we're going to walk out there with and and having been a person who has actually taken it up to start a podcast like you did and and share with other people to encourage them that you know what when you take a step back it's not a setback you've just slacked and it's okay to get back tomorrow be easy on yourself and take care of yourself say no be selfish if you need to it's so important and thank you so much Jodi because I'm sure that whoever is going to listen to this podcast and I'm sure a lot of people are going to and realize that there is no point in hiding there's no point in trying to put a facade that you're okay when you're not people are dealing with this
1: yeah absolutely and you know I just want to say for people listening, you know, your mental health is absolutely everything. You know, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. It's more important than physical health because, you know, if you're, if you've got bad physical health, you know, with different conditions and you have bad mental health on top of that, you're never ever going to recover. Whereas good mental health and positive mindsets, that can cure things. That can make you you know get better so yeah it's just really really
0: important and look after yourself guys True. And I'm glad that we touched on all of those things because normally you find people just saying, look after yourself, but we don't really know what it means and what it takes to look after ourselves. So I'm very grateful for you today um, coming through to the Talk Hub, Jodi. It's been such a pleasure and I hope that we can have more talks um, relating with mental health in the future. And just please do share and just tell us briefly what your podcast is called and what your social media, um, what social media platforms you are found on.
1: Okay, so it's the Mental Health Podcast. It can be found on many um, platforms, I think pretty much all of them. Um, if you type in the Mental Health Jodi, you should be able to find it. Um, Instagram is the Mental Health Podcast with a dot in between each word. Um, okay. And yes, yeah, thanks to everything else from there. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for talking about this subject. I really, really appreciate it. More people need to be doing it.
0: Yes, definitely, Jodi. Thank you so much. And I really do hope that we will get to discuss more more topics relating with mental health because it's such a broad topic, really. And I feel like now is the time with COVID and all of this happening. So many people need constant reminders of how how important it is to be to be well and to continue making a conscious decision and effort towards being okay.
1: Yeah 100% and yeah I will definitely come on again and maybe you can come on my podcast we'll definitely keep the conversation sure. going.
0: I would love that thank you so much Jody, for joining and have a great great week ahead I know it's midweek and yeah you're already in the middle of it but whatever is left of it have a great one okay. And thank you thank you. And to everyone else listening, thank you so much for joining this episode of the Talk Hub. And um, I hope that you really did learn something and that um, from now on, you will prioritize your mental health. You will acknowledge and want to be better. Thank you so much and have a great evening. Bye.